0: This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce him, divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took his wife into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Uh, during the, at the end of the homily, I'm going to be going over a poem uh, that was included in your uh, bulletin, if you grabbed that. If you didn't, if you just mind, don't mind raising your hand, if you don't have that poem that's titled Jesus, and uh, we have somebody in the back who's going to hand it out, so if you don't have one of those... Looks like a few people over there as well over here. Uh, if you want to just help uh, get those out. I always find it helpful uh, to have the text in front of me, especially for a poem or other things to be able to hear and read and see. So uh, again, um, Harry's going to help with that. With, uh, so the poem is in the inside, of the inside of the bulletin. We'll read that at the end. All right, well, um, we're on our fourth Sunday of Advent, and it looks like Christmas is in full swing, right? Reagan came home, everybody everybody's celebrating, everybody's scattering to the four winds, school is over. Uh, we also kind of go out in Japan, and there's lots of Christmas celebrations out, uh, out there, as, out, out in town as well. And it's a good thing, and we also have other holidays that are happening at this time as well, so there's a lot of celebrations and other things that are happening. But certainly the main thrust of uh, this week and this time that we have is Christmas. And uh, I'd like to make the distinction between the natural good of Christmas and the supernatural good of Christmas. So I think part of the reason why Christmas is uh, more exciting... uh, or more celebrated by even non Christians is because, or then Easter, which actually Easter is a more significant uh, feast day for us as Christians, uh, but Christmas is more celebrated in general throughout the world. Well, why? I would say that naturally speaking, Christmas is easy, really easy to get on board with. Who doesn't like a birthday? Who doesn't like a birthday of, uh, of a cute baby and, uh, and gift giving, you know, because we're celebrating the birthday of this child and the child can't receive gifts uh, in, in the normal sense. And so we give gifts to each other and we live in generosity. And so naturally speaking, it's a, it's a good day to celebrate. It's a good day to celebrate. And most people can get on board the birth of a child, someone who taught us about love and care. Absolutely. However, if we just hold on to that type of understanding, we're missing a huge amount. We're missing really what the heart of Christmas is, which is something that should just absolutely blow your mind. Something that's absolutely astounding and amazing, and it should make us wonder and sit in mystery. Because it's not just the birth of any child. It's a natural birth, it's a good birth, but it's a supernatural origin and something that supernaturally takes place. I'll make this distinction real quick between natural and supernatural. So natural is something that happens naturally in the world, something that happens um, kind of, can be repeated again and again and again and happens in those particular situations and environment. Something that's supernatural is not something that's contrary to nature, but it's something that is beyond the natural, okay? So it's something that we might not, when we look at the world and we look at the repeating effects and the repeating things of this world, in the natural way, uh, the supernatural sits outside of that, okay? Uh, There are saints who uh, at times... Uh, Well, anyways, I don't want to. There's crazy things that saints will sometimes do. They sometimes levitate. And you're like, well, gravity is normal, right? Sometimes uh, levitation is not. That's something that's supernatural uh, in a way. And there's uh, other things that God does as well. Specifically when it comes with Jesus, we see that something supernatural takes place. Something beyond the natural. Something that should not, have really happened Now, what's really different about Christianity than every other religion is that normally, I mean, if you look at the Greek and the Roman and most others, we have a God who's distant from us and really doesn't care that much about humans. Most gods that are kind of created by us don't really care that much about humans. And it kind of makes sense because a lot of times us humans don't care much about us humans. So we create a God that is distant and doesn't really care, only cares if we do something good for them. This is kind of the Roman Greek gods, uh, the different pagan religions uh, that, that God only sees or looks upon if you do something for them. Then maybe they'll think about you. However, the God of Israel and the God of Christians... Is different. It's a God who knows us intimately and who gives himself to us. Within the Israel nation, God chooses Abraham in this scandal of particularity to be a blessing for all the generations. And he chooses Abraham in a special way and he reveals his name and he gives him and he blesses him because he chooses good things for him, which is different than what normally takes place. Now with Jesus, we take something that happens and something just amazing that completely transforms our relationship to God and our ability to understand who God is. Is that instead of God remaining kind of aloof and beyond us, he comes and becomes one of us. Now he doesn't do this to understand our plight. He doesn't do this and he's kind of like, oh, I wonder what it would be like to be a human. No, God already knows perfectly what it is like to be a human. He knows us intimately. He knows the difficulty and the struggle. He knows the pain and suffering already while he is God. But he wants us to know him. And that is significantly different. He wants us to know him and to know that he knows, <laughs> that he loves us, that he's willing to go to the ends of the earth and to suffer and die for us, that he's willing to set aside his divinity, his heavenly realm in a certain extent, to come and be with us. And, and that's not normal. <laughs> that's not normal for a king To leave his kingdom or to leave his throne, to leave everything that is, you know, everything that's given to him and become a peasant. To become someone who's born in a manger. Some place wasn't wasn't sanitary, wasn't safe, wasn't a great place. He was born to parents who were confused about his birth. He had to go into exile into a refugee right away from his very beginning as they were running away from Herod and he had to go live in a foreign land for the beginning of his life. Then he would be misunderstood when he finally comes and reveals about God's plan for us. So Jesus didn't come and become one of us to take the easy route and gl- gl- uh, kind of uh, parade around in his glory. But instead came to be one of us and to walk along with us in this beautiful contradiction of supernaturalness. Of this contradiction that we see that Jesus Christ is fully human but fully divine. We see this contradiction where Abra- or with Mary and Joseph beautifully laid down their lives to say yes to God. And to live a supernatural life. And instead of receiving um, everything easy in life. Joseph instead experiences difficulty. He has to take his family again uh, in exile. Mary has to watch and walk along with Jesus Christ, her son, who did nothing wrong to anyone to be tortured, suffer, and die. So I just want us to remind us again in this contradiction of the Christian life that just because we say yes to God does not mean that everything goes great in our life. It does mean that we have a supernatural peace even in the midst of it, but it doesn't mean but it still means that we we experience suffering and grief and loss just as Jesus Christ himself did as well. Jesus comes to reveal to us a way of supernatural living, to live beyond just our natural life and death and to be able to live beyond uh, just our most base animal instinct. And so this Christmas, again going back to Christmas, so this Christmas is a time of wonder. It's a time of reordering our understanding of who God is and what we're meant for. Yes, naturally, it is a very easy uh, celebration to get behind. The birth of a child, a birthday, uh, a beautiful a beautiful time of year, but we want it to signify and to change us as something more. Just as Jesus Christ coming changed this world, we want it to change our life. Our understanding, again, of who God is and who we are as well in relationship to him. Because that is why he came. He came to reveal himself to us so that we might know him. Now with that being said, I'd like us to end with a poem. I am not particularly, um, just say, uh, I'm sometimes not the most cultured of person, and so sometimes poems aren't exactly what I go to often. But my grandmother was actually a much more uh, well-read woman, a holy woman, and she uh, liked writing. And she wrote a few different poems and so this poem is actually from my grandmother who died uh, four years ago. Uh, and she uh, wrote this. And interesting enough, she didn't think it was, it wasn't one of her favorites, but it's my favorite. So, um, um, and so I'd like to read this. And I think what it, I always think about this during this Christmas season because of the beautiful contradictions that she offers, uh, the the meditation, the mystery that we continue to dive into who God is and what his relationship is to us. Um, And so during this Christmas season, let us hold that all in tension, reminding ourselves that God is more than just a natural good, but something supernatural that he's doing in our life and always. And so I'll read this out loud and just uh, take us uh, time to meditate on it. Jesus, Manifest infirmity, wondrous humility, in which all the greatness of God lay hidden. He is both great in the nature of God and small in the form of a servant. But his greatness is not diminished by his smallness, nor his smallness overwhelmed by his greatness. He himself, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, proceeds all spans of time. But on this day, issuing from his mother, he stepped into the tide of the years. He who made man was made man. He was given existence by a mother whom he brought into existence. He finds no room in the inn, but he builds a temple for himself in the hearts of those who believe. Unspeakably wise, he is wisely speechless. Filling the world, he lies in a manger. He is wrapped in swaddling clothes, but he gives us a garment of immortality. John the Baptist baptized Christ, the giver of baptism, in the waters made holy by the one who was baptized. In him we see our God made visible, and so are caught up in the love of good God we cannot see. He came to pay a debt he didn't owe, because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. Such is the love of our God. Then let us be kindled with love, that we may come to his eternity."